Seven teams remain undefeated as the meat of the non-conference slate comes to a close. We discuss who among them are contenders and who among them are just pretending. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Andy Patton. Today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Leaf Talene and I are here today to talk about the seven remaining undefeated teams in college basketball, whether these teams have legitimate chances of winning the national championship or at least winning their conference, what this might look like, which of these teams have earned their undefeated status, which teams are maybe uh, kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Leaf, before we get into diving into these seven teams, I do want to talk about the big news uh, out of the transfer portal because we're almost never not talking about the transfer portal uh, in this modern era. Naquan Tomlin uh, leaves Kansas State, a very messy situation there without all the details. We're not going to dive too far into that necessarily, but he enters the transfer portal. Reports at this point indicate that he should be eligible starting in the spring semester after graduating, uh, and he will join the Memphis Tigers, Penny Hardaway's team, who, of course, uh, is going to looks like they're going to be without Jordan Brown for the rest of the season. At least that is the most updated report a team that hopes to have 27 year old DeAndre Williams in the front court. That did not happen for them. So now they go out at a six foot 10 player in Tomlin, who's very good defensively, tons of length, tons of athleticism, doesn't exactly space the floor, maybe in the way that Memphis uh, would like him to do, but perhaps he can find that outside shot. What do you think about this addition for a, a Memphis team that's kind of been right on the edge of being a top 25 team and certainly uh, is going to be a contender in the AAC alongside FAU? Well, I mean, if he's able to play and mm-hmm. and he contributes, he should be very, very good for this team because, like you said, he's excellent defensively, brings versatility. <laughs> can play with the ball a little bit. I'm not saying he'll be a ball handler, but right. he brings the ability to put the ball on the floor and create a defensive, like when there's a defensive breakdown, he creates havoc mm-hmm. because he can bring the ball on the floor and then pass or score. Yeah. And he's six foot 10 and all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so defensively Memphis is kind of a havoc type of team. Mm-hmm. They like to get in your grill, force turnovers. Well, that plays right into what Naquan Tomlin does very well. He can also clean up on the backside and block shots. Uh, Now the question is, how much of a learning curve will there be? Because Memphis in AAC play probably can get away with it, but they play a couple Mm -hmm. games soon that Mm -hmm. I feel like really dictate how good they can actually be in the non-conference because, and he won't play those, Mm -hmm. but now if they get going and play really well, does that influence his role a little bit? I guess is the question I have because David Jones is playing very well and they're already a pretty veteran laden team, even without Deandre Williams. I mean, Mm -hmm. if they had Deandre Williams, Naquan Mm -hmm. Tomlin, David Jones, Javon Kinnerly, that's, that's older than half the NBA teams. And I'm curious to see exactly what happens with his role because on paper, he's an excellent fit. Mm-hmm. Um, just like he would have been at Kansas State. Which, and that was a large reason I banked on Kansas State being very good this year yeah. was Naquan Tomlin. 
Well, Clemson is is Memphis's next upcoming opponent, and we're going to talk about them as one of these seven undefeated teams. We are going to start, though, with Tommy Lloyd and the Arizona Wildcats, the number one ranked team in the country right now in the AP poll, number one ranked team for Locked On College Basketball's poll. They are second in Ken Palm, fifth in adjusted offensive efficiency, second in adjusted defensive efficiency. I didn't actually check this, but I think they're the only team in the top five in both uh, Arizona has some fantastic wins. A lot of the teams in this undefeated conversation have good wins, but Arizona, I mean, Duke, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was at home. Uh, Duke was on a, a true road game for them. Uh, obviously, Michigan State hasn't looked quite as good as, as or not nearly as good, really, as people expected them to be, but that's still an impressive trio of wins, and it's not going to get easier for Tommy Lloyd's team. They got Purdue in Indianapolis on the 16th on Saturday. They follow that up with Alabama and then FAU. Uh, Arizona might be the best team in this group. I would pick them personally as the best team in this group. They might also be the first team in this group to lose a game just because Purdue is such a difficult matchup. But uh, Tommy Lloyd's team really balanced, really good starting five. Uh, the backcourt has been phenomenal, obviously. I think I think the thing that I like about Arizona and the way they constructed their roster is they can – if Caleb Love plays great, which he sometimes does, it elevates the program. If Caleb Love plays like Caleb Love sometimes does, where he has those two of 12 shooting nights or whatever it may be, it seems like they're kind of more equipped to handle that. And I think that's why we've seen this team not live and die by Caleb Love the way that some of those old North Carolina teams uh, kind of had to do in the past. What, what do you make of this Arizona team? I mean, do you feel like this is a team that can Tommy Lloyd break through and win a championship this year? It feels to me like yes. I think they're the best team in college basketball right now. Uh, I think there's a lot that can happen, though. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's less about Caleb Love and more about how well Kylan Boswell plays mm -hmm. throughout the entire season. Yeah. Once he's scouted as, hey, this is the point guard. This is a guy who is the point guard of a national championship caliber team uh, and how that impacts his performance because he's been very, very good. And I expect him to continue to be very good. Uh, Keisha Johnson has been mm -hmm. the the best addition uh, on the transfer portal. Everyone talks about Caleb Love, mm -hmm. and honestly, there was more talk about Jaden Bradley from Alabama yeah. too. But Keisha Johnson's the most important player on Arizona, bar none, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. He's able to give them a physical body that can play three through five. I know he plays the four almost always, mm -hmm. but he can play the five. He can guard on the perimeter almost one through five. He won't. He'll hit a few threes, but he's not really a shooter. But he accepts that. And that's mm -hmm. something that you don't see the buy-in from teams to have a guy who said, hey, I started on a national championship runner-up team last mm -hmm. year, and now I'm going to take a similar role on a team mm -hmm. that has similar aspirations rather than moving up in the world yeah. and saying, hey, I want the ball. I deserve the ball. He's a dirty work guy, mm -hmm. and, and I think he and Kylan Boswell hold the keys. Umar Balo is going to be good. Krivos off the bench is going to produce, mm -hmm. and then the guards are going to score. Now the sure. question is, how efficiently can they do it and how many turnovers will they have? And I think Boswell maintains that. And then the defensive efficiency is, is Keisha Johnson's role. So I'm, I'm all in on the Wildcats being a national championship contender. I think there is something to be said that Tommy Lloyd has to prove something because they mm -hmm. lost to Princeton yeah. and they lost a Houston team that was solid, but not one of Kelvin Sampson's better ones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they had a, all NBA talents in, in, uh, on that team. So, there's a prove it moment, but I think they're very substantially in the national championship contention. And I'd argue the best team in college basketball. Well, we're certainly going to get to Houston and Baylor and Oklahoma when we do our Big 12 uh, conversation in the second segment. But for now, I want to move on and talk about Clemson 9-0 uh, coming out of the ACC. Ken Palm has them 25th 
in the country right now, 27th at offense, 31st on defense. They're ranked much higher than that in the AP poll, much higher than that in our poll as well. Have some very quality wins on the road at Pitt, on the road at Alabama. They also beat TCU on a battle of undefeated teams. Uh, they got Memphis next. Again, a Memphis team that is not going to have Naquan Tomlin yet and certainly not going to have Jordan Brown. That is a, a road game uh, for Clemson, a tough one there. But uh, this team has looked really, really good. They're coming off of a good season last year. P.J. Hall's back. He's looked incredible. And, and you talked about Kishad Johnson being uh, a, a great but maybe somewhat under-the-radar addition for Arizona. And I feel similarly about Joe Girard, a guy who, who didn't get a ton of attention as, as a transfer addition this offseason but has been absolutely phenomenal for the Tigers. Yeah, the, the Clemson Clemson has been a team that I, I would say – has improved their stock as much as anyone from the start of the season to where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Clemson, I think the most optimistic ACC pundit or fan would have mm -hmm. picked third probably. And I yeah. would say that's the most optimistic. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say the majority would said fifth or sixth. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would not be surprised at all if they win the ACC. Yeah, wow. I I've bet on them numerous times and mm -hmm. luckily because they're undefeated and they've been underdogs a couple times, that's been mm -hmm. a very good bet. Mm -hmm. uh, they can, but the, what I'm impressed by is not necessarily them just holding off and beating some teams. It's the teams they've beaten play very distinct styles mm -hmm. and they've been able to beat both those teams. TCU yeah. tries to force a million turnovers early in the game. Clemson gave the ball away and, and like they kept it close, but like, it was like, Oh my gosh, like you can't score. You're, you're, you're turning the ball over against the TCU team that can only score in transition. Like this is a bad sign. They figured it out and were in firm control the rest of the game. Alabama, Alabama scores. The, they're the number one Ken Palm offense in college basketball. They score like it's breathing. And Clemson <laughs> was able to slow the game down yeah. and score against an inferior Alabama defense and do enough defensively to win that game handily. And I know it ended up being kind of close, but like they were in control the entirety of that game in Tuscaloosa. P.J. Hall is a potential All-American. Joe Girard, I like that you mentioned him, spaces the floor. That's something they lack. I think Clemson needs to get one more shooter because the Hunter brothers have been poor from the, from three. Yeah. Uh, Ian Shefflin's the guy I want to pick out, though. He's an offensive rebounding machine, gives them extra chances, compliments P.J. Hall, doesn't need the ball. And then Godfrey is, is someone who's a long wing defender who if he starts hitting threes, that really elevates their ceiling. I think Clemson's probably a sweet 16 team. And I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit, but I think they can win the ACC. And if they do that, they may be an elite eight team. I hesitate to say final four just because they're very dependent on PJ Hall. Well, three of the seven undefeated teams in the country remain in the Big 12 Conference. We're going to discuss whether Houston or Baylor are true national championship contenders. We'll also talk about this phenomenal Oklahoma start. All that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the college basketball offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is really easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options, which includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, Memphis remains at plus 210 to win the AAC. If you feel confident in that Naquan Tomlin edition, for them to potentially take down FAU, then it's time to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get in on the action this college basketball season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, Leaf, let's look ahead to these three teams in the Big 12 that remain undefeated. Last weekend, there were six. 
Uh, BYU, TCU, and Cincinnati were all undefeated to start the season. All three fell over the weekend, leaving three teams in this really, really stacked Big 12 conference that remain undefeated. We'll start with Houston, the number one ranked team at Ken Palm right now. They're also the number one ranked defense, although they are down at 18 on offense. I suspect that's going to be the crux of our conversation with the Cougs here. Uh, they got wins over Xavier, Utah, and Dayton. Certainly not a murderer's row of victories. I think you could argue that none of those teams will make the NCAA tournament. I also think it's possible that all three of those teams make the NCAA tournament. So Houston's a little bit harder to pin down because they haven't played a great schedule. Uh, they do have Texas A&M coming up on Saturday. I think that's a huge kind of turning point for, for how this Houston team season might go as they get into the Big 12 for the first time. Uh, LJ Cryer has been an absolutely fantastic addition, provides that much needed scoring punch. But Leaf, is Cryer enough offense for this team to be a legitimate contender, even with that phenomenal defense? See, that's where the question, like you anticipated, lies, because LJ Cryer at Baylor was on a similar situation where they were excellent offensively, but there were still games where uh, Adam Flagler and Keontae George, Keontae George got hurt, and it was just he and Adam Flagler, and then he, when he became higher on a scouting report, struggled. He's been excellent so far, but I would argue all the teams that Houston has played are pretty bad defensively. Mm-hmm. Xavier's atrocious defensively. Mm-hmm. Delaware went mm-hmm. to the Centos Center and scored a ton of points on them. Mm-hmm. Utah actually will be a pretty good win. I think they probably are on a, a bubble team right now and have yeah. the chance to improve it. They're all right defensively, but early in the season, they're uh, before the BYU game, were 80th uh, <laughs> defensively. So it, it, I, I have my questions about how sustainable the offense is. Now, when they played Xavier, I watched all this game, Houston mm-hmm. and Xavier. They were like kind of doing that thing where they stave off someone. It was like the older brother kind of putting a stiff arm on the little brothers running at them, even though it was at Xavier and Xavier is a proud basketball school, but they just don't have the horses. Uh, Houston just didn't score for a matter of five minutes on multiple yeah. times. And that can't happen. It's like Tennessee. Houston and Tennessee are similar to me. Mm-hmm. Both of them have the capacity on a given day to beat anyone in the country. And I sincerely believe that. But they have these offensive lulls that concern me. And Tennessee has these dynamic days scoring mm-hmm. that make the offensive lulls more apparent because it's like, well, what the heck is this? <laughs> Houston has them more o- often, but they play a style that makes it less like, oh, geez, this is this is horrible. Mm-hmm. So I I'm going to say pretender to win a national championship, mm-hmm. but they're absolutely a contender to be like an elite eight team. Yeah, like I, I love what Kelvin Sampson does. I've all I always have. And I think he's been one of the more underrated coaches in college basketball and only recently is getting his flowers. But the team just like other than LJ Cryer, who's going to be your second leading scorer? Is it Jamal Shedd? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather it be Terrence Arsenault? But Arsenault has become like a draft prospect to some. Mm-hmm. But he's scoring very few points per game yeah. and his, his efficiency is not great. And so is it can you get that many rebounds in six straight games? That's that's the question for me. Switching over to Baylor, uh, kind of the the opposite in in a lot of ways. Baylor is seventh at Ken Palm right now. They are the second-ranked offensive team in the country, but they are all the way down at 42 defensively. This is kind of something we've seen in the Scott Drew era. They put together some absolutely phenomenal offenses. 
uh, but haven't quite brought the horses defensively. Uh, their best wins are Auburn and Florida. Uh, those are really their only two super standout wins. They have a win over Seton Hall, which is okay, but Seton Hall is not a particularly great team. Uh, they do got a chance to beat Michigan State on the road uh, coming up on Saturday. Then they play Duke, so two huge games. Again, somewhat similar to Houston of like, hey, we're about to learn a lot more uh, about this team in the next week or so. Uh, Jacoby Walter has been phenomenal the second year in a row that, that Baylor has brought in a, a really high-level scoring guard, of course, after Keontae George last year. Uh, Ray J. Dennis has – it took him a little bit of time to kind of find his spot, the transfer out of Toledo, but I think he's been solid as of late for them as well. And then Eves, Eves Missy, excuse me, uh, what a revelation for him. One of the kind of the big pop-up freshman prospects uh, in college basketball has looked really, really good as a, a dynamic uh, low-post player, a high a rim runner, defensive player. Uh, but the question for Baylor is the opposite question as we had for Houston. Are they going to be good enough defensively to win a national championship? That's the question. I don't think so. And then mm -hmm. I also don't think their offense is as sustainable mm -hmm. as some of these other elite offenses. Uh, not because they don't have the horses, quite the contrary. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes when you have too many ball in hand players, mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a game where that one ball in hand guy, namely for this team, Art, uh, Ray J. Dennis, mm -hmm. uh, is off and it influences the ability to score for a guy like Jacoby Walter, who also is a freshman. Typically, when your best players are freshmen, no matter how good they are, it's pretty hard to win if they're a scorer. Yeah. Like the only freshman that's been able to do that is Carmelo Anthony. And mm -hmm. everyone's going to say, oh, Anthony Davis. No, Anthony Davis's team wasn't relying on his scoring. It was right, he was a defense. defense banker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so Brandon Miller was about as good a freshman score you've had in years past. They didn't win a championship. And I know this is nitpicking because only a few teams have won championships. Right. But Jacoby Walter won't have the ball enough. And if Ray J. Dennis has it and he does his little post-up game, mm -hmm. I just don't think it's a sustainable way to score for, for that many games. So they'll be able to score, mm -hmm. but I don't think they'll be able to score and defend well enough to win a couple. I, I kind of think they're a sweet 16 team. I'm a little lower on Baylor. I think they're mm -hmm. pretty fraudulent in terms of where they're ranked. I enjoy yeah. watching them. They play pretty basketball in the sense that mm -hmm. Jacoby Walter's a really good guy to watch for the draft. They mm -hmm. shoot the ball well. Eve Missy is someone I'm pretty high on as, for the draft as well. But I just I just don't see them raising any banners uh, in the Big 12 or in in uh, in a national championship sense. of. And I think mm -hmm. conference play will really open eyes. And I know the next one's Oklahoma. And I'd be curious to see your take, which which team's better. Everyone would say conventional wisdom points at Baylor. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma seems a little more sustainable to me, but I still have questions. Yeah, let's talk about Oklahoma. They're 19th at Ken Palm right now. So there's only a 12 spot difference between them and Baylor. Uh, the rankings have them also in similar spots as well as Oklahoma has kind of jumped up uh, in the AP poll and in our poll. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, Leaf, I didn't think we'd be having a conversation about Baylor or Oklahoma this season, but that is the spot that we are out shout, uh, at. Shout out to Porter Mosier. Uh, this team is 36th in offensive efficiency at Ken Palm, 12th in defensive efficiency. They have some really quality wins, Arkansas, Providence, USC, and Iowa. Now, Arkansas and USC are wins that uh, certainly looked better in November than they look now, unfortunately. But uh, Providence has been very solid. And, and really, the, the main thing for me that I like about Oklahoma is they're, they're not playing any close games. They've won seven of their nine games by double digits. Uh, one of them was Arkansas, who they only beat by nine. But for anybody who watched that game, it never felt like it was particularly close. Then they had a two-point victory over USC. But other than that, they've basically been blowing everybody out there. Their next game is Green Bay, so that should be a, a W for them. But then they got North Carolina in Charlotte 
on the 20th. That's a huge game for the Sooners. I love what Porter Moser is doing. I probably personally would still take Baylor just because I think the offense is, is dynamic enough that they can outscore a team like Oklahoma, even with Oklahoma's good defense. But uh, certainly I, I wouldn't be surprised if they split the regular season series and if Oklahoma is kind of right right with them throughout the year. I, I think I agree that Baylor's better, and I think their talent is significantly better, but I think Porter Moser is such a good coach. He will milk out every last ounce of talent that he has. Mm-hmm. The one question I have for Baylor is, Javion McCollum has been awesome. Mm-hmm. When's the last time a very slight-of-built guard mm-hmm. has has sustained the ability to score in the Big 12? And it might be another guy from Norman and Trey Young. Yeah, But Javion McCollum's not Trey Young. Trey Young mm-hmm. was a top-five recruit. He was a top-five draft pick. Uh, and I'm, I've, I've been trying to rack my brains. Like there's been diminutive guards that have done well, but they've been stocky like Frank Mason, uh, obviously Marquise Noel last year. Mm -hmm. I I just think there's going to be the physicality of the big 12 play is going to make him less consistent. And that's my concern. Mm -hmm. I think defensively Oklahoma is going to be good. I think they're going to get enough out of Milos Uzon. I think you get enough out of Otega away. You get enough out of the surrounding cast. Some of those bigger bodies on the interior, they're going to get rebounds with ugly, uh, I like a lot of what they do. I just wonder if he becomes less efficient and then how that impacts the team. Uh, and then the the thing about Baylor uh, versus o- Oklahoma is at a certain point, firepower matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why I would still slightly favor Baylor. Yeah. But I think Oklahoma's got a more true identity. Like they know what they are. What What is Baylor right now? Mm-hmm. Baylor is a team that can score, but it, do they have like an offense that they score through? No, it's it's just they kind of play basketball. Yeah. And I know Scott Drew can coach. This is no slight at him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Porter Moser's instilled like this is this is who we are. This is how we're going to win. And it's visible while watching on a TV screen. Like it would be more visible in person. But like mm-hmm. it, it's impressive when you can see it on a TV screen and be like, wow, this team was not good last year. They've become more athletic and they play – really hard and they play together whereas Baylor feels to me like an amalgamation of talent we're going to close out the show discussing two more undefeated teams this season including this year's mid-major darling in James Madison as well as Chris Beard's early winning streak all that coming up after a word from today's sponsor LinkedIn Jobs Folks, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best and most qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps find the right people for your team faster. And they do it for free. It's super easy to create a free job post. And then all you do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions can make it easy to focus on candidates who have just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I leave rounding out two more undefeated teams here. Let's start in the SEC, the only undefeated team sitting in that conference, Ole Miss, as we all expected, of course. Uh, Ken Palm does not love what we've seen from the Rebels so far this year. Has them all the way down at 91. That is 20 spots lower than James Madison, well, well below every other one of the undefeated teams. Uh, Ken Palm has them 88th in offensive efficiency, 107th in defensive efficiency, and they have some solid wins. Memphis, NC State, South Florida, nothing too terrible, or excuse me, Central Florida, nothing too terrible in there. But the issue really is that 
they're barely beating teams. I mean, they have just snuck by, and Chris Beard even acknowledged it in a recent interview that like they, they're lucky they haven't been bit yet by how many close games they've played. One-point win over Detroit Mercy, one-point win at Temple, two-point win over Central Florida, three-point wins over Sam Houston State and Memphis. Basically, every game has been tight. Uh, you like that in terms of getting experience and familiarity playing in close games, I think that is valuable for teams that, you know, at this point, Ole Miss is absolutely gunning for an at-large, you know, to be in that at-large conversation. And, and you want to be able to win those close games. They've proven it. But that combined with a relatively weak strength of schedule kind of has this team looking a little bit less like what you'd expect to see from a 9-0 roster at this point in the season. But, uh, you know, they, they, they might stay undefeated through the rest of the non-conference slate because they have Cal – and then they have, uh, I think they have Troy, Southern Miss, and Bryant. And then their first conference game is at Tennessee. Hard to imagine they win that one. If they do, certainly uh, our conversation about Ole Miss might have to change. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to knock, knock a team for being undefeated this, at this point in the season because that's not easy to do. But Ole Miss certainly hasn't make it, made it look easy to get here at this point. I've actually liked what I've seen from Ole Miss, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I haven't watched them play some of those lesser teams, but sure. I watched them play Memphis. Mm-hmm. I thought Memphis was going to win that game. Memphis was probably the better team for 30 of the 40 minutes. And then Ole Miss in the final 10 minutes executed better, played harder. Granted, they were at home mm-hmm. and they pulled that win out. I I would say that their wins more recently have been more definitive than their narrow wins early in the season against inferior teams. And that's that's good. Yeah. It shows, yes, you can pull out games when you don't have your A game, but also you can rise up to the occasion. I mean, I, I think Chris Beard is a person that that may be less than less than something you want to commend, but <laughs> but his coaching skills are yeah. undeniable. He went to Little Rock, took him to the tournament, beat Purdue, goes to Texas Tech, win, uh, goes to the national championship, goes mm-hmm. to Texas, does very well. I have a lot of faith in Ole Miss. I actually was higher on them entering this season than many. I think I did an SEC projection, and I had them making the tournament, which mm-hmm. doesn't sound crazy, like, oh, Ole Miss makes the tournament, whatever. But if you were to look at the SEC and were to choose seven, eight teams, I don't yeah. think many people would have taken Ole Miss. Um, and that was a leap of faith on roster and, and Chris Beard in particular. I don't think they're a contender to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win the SEC, mm-hmm. but I do think they could be a top five team in the SEC. And yeah. that, that was even higher than what I had them at. I think I had them seventh in the SEC mm-hmm. and the seventh to fifth in the SEC is quite a leap. Actually. Like if you were to yeah. look at the, the tiers of teams, that's, that's something I, I think they will be a team that they win most of their games at home. They're going to pick off a team like Alabama on the road. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it will be Alabama, but someone of that quality in Alabama, right. of Florida. Um, I don't think they'll get Tennessee on the road, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be a team that has enough wins that you can't keep them out of the dance, and I certainly wouldn't want to play in, in the first or second round. Worth acknowledging, too, that they uh, only recently got Musa Cisse eligible, and they're still waiting on Brandon Murray. I don't think he'll get eligibility, but you never know. That has been something we've seen a few times this year. also want to shout out Alan Flanagan, transfer from Auburn, who's having a, a phenomenal season for the Rebels. 18 points, seven boards, two and a half assists, uh, just under two steals, over a block, shooting 43%, literally doing a little bit of everything for this team. Uh, it's been nice to see him have have that success after a kind of up and down career at Auburn. But Leaf, I do want to move on to the final team on our list, the mid-major darling of the season. Every year, there's an FAU, a Charleston, uh, going back, Wichita State, like those kind of teams that just kind of 
continue to win. And, and James Madison got their big wins out of the way real early. They beat Michigan State in the first game of the season, a big stunner there. They beat Kent State in double overtime in their second game of the season. And at that point, uh, my co-host Isaac Shade started to identify like, hey, they don't really have any games for a long time that that might trip them up. And here they are seven wins later, still undefeated. Ken Palm has them 71st. You know, obviously strength of schedule is a factor there. 44th on offense, 125th on defense. Certainly not uh, something you love to see there. Their next game is at Hampton. And again, they don't have a team ranked currently inside the top 150 at Ken Palm on their schedule until January 13th when they take on Appalachian State at home. In fact, they are given 65% or higher odds to win every single one of their games except their road game against App State, which is, I think, in late January. This is a team that might legitimately go. I I think they're the the favorite to be undefeated the longest. Uh, Certainly, strength of schedule plays a factor in there. I think they, talent-wise, they are probably the worst team on here. Not that that uh, is a a slight to them necessarily. Uh, This is a really fun team. I really like watching them play. Uh, Terrence Edwards, TJ Bickerstaff are awesome. The team averages 94 points per game. Uh, They shoot 39% from three. They space you out. They shoot the crap out of the ball. Uh, they don't play a lot of defense, which makes them more fun to watch, but certainly is, is going to be something that trips them up. Uh, comparing them to those Charleston teams, that, that FAU team last year, uh, like, is this team on that caliber? Are they more of a flash in the pan? What, what, what's kind of your read on James Madison at this point? It's hard to say because, like you said, other than the Michigan State win, that mm-hmm. they haven't really wowed you. Kent State's yeah. a good basketball team, yeah. but they're not as good as they have been in years past. Uh, I, I watched them play – a couple other games, they eked out a few wins. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, my my take is really so. I watched them play Southern Illinois, and I watched that entirety, and I was sweating that bet. I had a five and a half point spread, and they mm-hmm. won by six. So James Madison, I'm a big big fan of you for that. But <laughs> it, here's the thing: they have a guy in Edwards that can do a lot of things, and mm-hmm. most mid major teams that that have this like, hey, we believe in them. They have a guy that that they go to. They do. They also have Bickerstaff, who I would say is just about as good a Robin as there is in the top 20 mm-hmm. team. That's not one of the ones we say can cut down the nets. Right. And so I, I believe in their capacity to win a game in the tournament. Uh, the issue is if you don't defend against some of these high major teams um, and Michigan State went like one of 30 from three in that game. Mm-hmm. And it, it was still an overtime game. Yeah. So I, I think there's a little bit more of a flukiness to, as mm-hmm. opposed to FAU. And I'll admit I was late on FAU last year. I, mm-hmm. I saw them and I was like, ah, whatever. Like what? Mm-hmm. And then, and then you watch them play this year and obviously you know what they are and you watched them play in the tournament and everything. Mm-hmm. You, you say, wow, this team's a well-oiled machine. And I don't mm-hmm. quite feel that way with James Madison. I think they're a well-oiled machine offensively, but defensively, they're like a sieve against against inferior opponents, but they just know they can outscore. That mm-hmm. doesn't work against bigger teams. That said, if you can score enough against bigger teams, they feel some scoreboard pressure, and anything can happen. I just don't mm-hmm. think they're quite the FAU Cinderella yeah. type. I think they can they could win a round, maybe two, but I would say that's a bit that's a bit um, dubious. Yeah, I would love for them to get like instead of getting on that nine eight nine like FAU did last year, I'd love for them to get like an eleven or even a twelve, where whatever five or six seed draws them is going to just be sweating all week long leading up to that game because they could if they get an eleven seed, I think they could definitely beat whatever six seed, and I think there's a chance they could beat a three seed depending on the on the matchup, of course. But this is a, a fun team that, uh, yeah, I don't think they're Final Four, but I wouldn't have 
predicted FAU in the final four at this time last year either. So I guess uh, you never really know, but, but James Madison, you can see the reasons that they're maybe not as highly regarded, but boy, they are, they are fun to watch. That's for sure. Leaf, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. As always, love these Wednesday episodes. I thought this was a great opportunity to talk about these undefeated squads and kind of where we're at with them leading into what should be a fun weekend of college basketball with all of these teams in action against some quality opponents. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Isaac and I will be to preview this big weekend slate of games uh, back on Friday as well with a fun interview with the head coach. All that coming up here on the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch of the day. And until tomorrow, peace.